Hi, you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of Scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Well, welcome, brothers and sisters, to this broadcast, Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. Hey, we survived a new year. Blessed new year to you, brothers and sisters. Um, I do pray that you had a uh, meaningful Christmas time with your family and friends and churches and Pray you ushered in a safe new year, and uh, praise be to God. I uh, did take the time this year to uh, fast and pray. I, I, I wasn't able to get away like I normally do. I, I, I just kind of love to uh, take a week out of the new year, travel somewhere out in the wilderness, and just kind of get alone with God. Uh, to offer him the first fruits of the new year by fasting and praying and seeking his face. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to travel this year, uh, but I did take some time uh, to fast and to pray. And God was good to me. I uh, I didn't have or like the hunger pangs or um, it, it was it was uh, it was just easy to say no to the flesh for a few days. And uh, I just had a very uh, good time with the Lord. And uh, uh, one of my purposes, too, was to use that time to kind of intercede, you know, for our family, um, the ministry, um, the church, our nation, and you know things of this nature, nature, and uh, and uh, that was kind of a hit and miss proposition until um, the situation with uh, Damar Hamlin took place. Um, I think by now you're probably familiar with this uh, Buffalo Bills safety uh, who collapsed on the football field. There was a game between the Bills and the Bengals, and was a huge game as far as the playoffs are concerned, and people were very excited about it. I wasn't even watching it. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, a serious, avid fan of the NFL, uh, but occasionally I'll watch some highlights and things of that nature. Uh, but anyway, um, I did at one point wanted to check to see what the score was, and when the channel came on, it was like a, you know, like a show out of the Twilight Zone. Uh, there was no football taking place. Um, it looked like, uh, you know, just like a medical scene. Um, you had this uh, poor young man on the floor and the football field, and you had the first responders, and they're frantically working hard. Uh, to save the life of this young man. And, of course, the broadcasters, they don't know what to do. They got all this paid time and uh, 
they're, you know, they're trying to make sense of it. You know, how do you, how do you report on this? You know, um, they were obviously struggling and, um, and of course there was a deep, deep concern, uh, for all those involved. And, um, so I'm kind of, you know, curious as to what had happened and, you know, what's going on. And the next thing I see is these Buffalo Bill football players and even some of the Bengals. I mean, these are strong, strapping, young football players. Um, and they start to break. I mean, they are openly crying and sobbing. And I don't know, there's something about when they fell on their face and got on their knees before God and they started to cry out to God. I don't know, brothers and sisters, like, you know, I might have been sensitive because of fasting, but it just humbled me. It just broke me. And I went into like serious, deep intercession. And I was just crying out to God on the the behalf of this young man, Damar. And uh, of course, there's all kinds of controversy surrounding this, this injury. Um, you know, there was the first diagnosis that I believe most people are not buying into um, on why, you know, he tackled T. Higgins. He jumped up and then, just collapsed on the football field. And they were saying, well, it was just, you know, the timing of, of the hit when it came to the rhythm of his heart. And it just, you know, triggered cardiac arrest. And, you know, there may be something to that, brothers and sisters. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, but I believe most people suspect that that's not the case. They're probably suspecting it was more a booster or a vaccination. You know, another died suddenly incident, except this time it was broadcast for the entire world to see. And it was traumatic, brothers and sisters. It truly, truly was. Uh, it was so traumatic. I mean, football has been around for, you know, near a century here. A lot of players get injured, even seriously injured, like paralyzation injured. And, you know, players are, you know, they're still human. You know, they care for their fallen, you know, comrades and and stuff like that. And they may, you know, you know, go over there and pat them and a boy, we love you. We're going to pray for you. But typically, once the ambulance leaves, they're back in beast mode. They're back. They're, they're going to play no matter what. And I think this is the first time in NFL history that both teams, both coaches said, no, we don't want to go back out there. We don't want to play. And I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, that's just never happened. So something of significance, something profoundly took place in their souls when it came to the plight of this young man. And uh, and so when I'm viewing this, you know, I am crying out to God, regardless whether it was the vax or the hit, whatever it was, this, this young man's life is hanging in the balance. And it was so interesting because you saw the whole priority 
of the game, the players, the coaches just radically shift. Like it went from playoffs, wins, losses, to now it's life or death. This is heaven or hell. This is real. And the amazing thing, they instinctively turned to the Lord and unashamedly cried out to him. And again, that just, that did something in me, brothers and sisters. I'm just telling you, it, it, it broke me up. And, um, and so I'm crying out to God to spare his life and uh, revive him. And, uh, and at the same time, I'm praying for these football teams, for the NFL that has been so politicized, so weaponized with the leftist agenda, become so corrupt through the years, um, you know, and just praying for revival and reformation, you know, to spread through the NFL and, of course, our nation. You know, you had literally millions and millions of people just get slapped in the face. They're watching a football game, you know, drinking their beers probably and whatever, carousing, you know, cheering, and then bam, you know, reality hits. And it was so intense, brothers and sisters, and I don't know if this has ever happened before. Uh, the ESPN, one of the commentators or broadcasters, his name is Dan. I don't remember his last name. Uh, but somebody posted it on, on Facebook. And um, so here's this broadcaster, and he's like, you know, we talk a lot about thoughts and prayers and, you know, things of this nature when stuff like this happens. And uh, he goes, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of quoting him. It's not verbatim, but... You know, basically, he's saying, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this. He said, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to bow my head. I'm going to close my eyes and I am going to pray. And he did on ESPN Dime, on their time. And uh, now I would say that uh, his prayer would not probably have uh, passed church muster as sort of a legitimate prayer. Um, you know, he didn't pray to uh, the Father in Jesus' name. He did pray, though, to God, and he prayed to God in your name. Again, he failed to mention the name of Jesus, but I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, the fact that this man on the ESP time and dime bowed his head, humbled himself, and called upon God to save DeMar's life. I mean, th this is kind of stuff uh, we've, uh, we, <laughs> we haven't seen. And so um, after all this went down, I ended up uh, writing a post on Facebook and it's got a lot of movement, brothers and sisters. There was a lot of people who shared it because I think it resonated with them. If, if they were paying attention to what had happened, I think that it just resonated with them. And a lot of them had a similar response and reaction. It just knocked them to their knees and they just began to cry out to God and uh, to seek him, uh, 
to pray for this young man, his family, uh, to pray for these teams, to pray for our nation. And so there, there was there was some aspect of this, brothers and sisters, that there was, I'm not saying a great awakening, but there was definitely some sort of awakening in people's souls. And so this is uh, what I wrote on Facebook. I wrote, many have been shaken to their core as they witnessed this young player, Damar Hamlin, collapse on the field this night. No fame, stats, glory, money, playoffs, and football grandeur mattered when he fell. It was just the precious life of this young man that now hangs in the balance. Life or death, heaven or hell, replaced temporary wins and losses. To see both teams on their face before God, crying out to him on the behalf of Damar, broke my heart. It humbled me, and it led me to intercede, not only for Damar, but for the NFL and our nation. May God use this to shake many out of the delusions of the spirit of the age. May he revive this young man's life, the NFL, and our nation. Repentance and brokenness is long overdue. God, use this for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name. So, brothers and sisters, I want to conclude this broadcast with a portion of Scripture. And it's in Isaiah, and it's chapter, I believe, 60 or 61. Let me try to find it for you. And... uh, chapter 66 and I want you to listen very carefully to these words this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool where is the house that you will build me and where is the place of my rest for all those things my hand has made And all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. So brothers and sisters, here you have Almighty God. And obviously this is uh, correlating to Israel's desire to build a temple for the Lord their God. And obviously, by the response of the prophet, God is not too impressed with that. He says, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. You know, I've made all the minerals. I made all the gold. I made over the silver. Like, what could you possibly build that can contain me? And that's the challenge that God is bringing forth through the prophet of Isaiah. But then it says, but to this one will I look, those that are poor and of a contrite spirit. Now, uh, please hear this, brothers and sisters. There is no doubt 
that God looks for a dwelling place amongst his people. And he is assuring us it is not something that is made with the hands of men. He's not talking about brick and mortar and gold and silver. No, the place he is seeking to dwell in is in the heart of his people. And brothers and sisters, he, he's actually showing us how, how does that take place? How does the God who created the heavens and the earth, how does the God of the Bible make his way from heaven and enter in to the souls of men? And the scripture assures us, brothers and sisters, that a broken and contrite spirit God will never despise. He will never take place. And one of the things that I was sharing on this post is I was seeing a little bit of brokenness, a little bit of contrition. Now, I get it. Most of it was because their player, their friend was down. But, you know, obviously there's a lot attached to that. There really, really is, brothers and sisters. And so we, 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 we can't um, ignore, you know, what God is looking for in the earth. You know, the scripture talks about he searches to and fro throughout the whole earth to find one loyal heart that he could show himself strong. He says, I'm not interested in those who build me cathedrals. I'm interested in those who have a broken and contrite spirit. Again, why is that important? Because that is the building. That is the tent. That is the temple where God longs to dwell. And of course, when we come to the New Testament, Christ made this possible. The scripture talks about Christ in you is the hope of glory. The, the scripture tells us that we, speaking of God's people, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so God does seek a dwelling place. He does seek a place where his spirit can dwell. And that is in the heart and the souls of his people. And this is so serious, brothers and sisters, that Romans tells us if the spirit of God has not made alive our mortal body, we are none of his. And now I get it. Uh, there's a lot of brothers and sisters that are concerned, and I have my same concerns about the sinner's prayer, right? You know, just repeat this prayer and you're in. Well, not so fast, buddy. Not so fast. And I do believe that the sinner's prayer has led to a lot of false converts in the church of Jesus Christ. But at the same time, we can't throw the baby out of the bathwater. What I mean by that, the Spirit of God has to get inside of men. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, the Spirit of God coming and take up residence in our soul where we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is crucial when it comes to salvation and the transformation of men's souls. And so, brothers and sisters, I, I do 
want to encourage you, if you were impacted spiritually by this happening with Damar Hamlin, if that um, humbled you, if that broke you, uh, let it work for you. Uh, Let that be the basis to really seek the Lord this new year to intercede not only for him and his family, but for your family, your church, our nation. Uh, God knows we need this now more than ever. Well, with that, brothers and sisters, I'm going to be signing off. And uh, until next time, you keep pressing on to that high calling prize in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you.